Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Craig Riley back with another segment of Bucko Talk. And as we do at this time each week, we go out to the line and welcome in Jeff Hathorne, who... Jeff, I'm sure, has been paying close attention to the draft, and I, I, I can't help it. Are, are you losing your mind over it, too? Oh, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it, it's been the, – the cool thing for me is because, you know, what I'm trying to write is just objective. It's not mm-hmm. opinion stuff. That's more what Colony's writing. So it's interesting to find out, like, Pat Fryermuth thought he was being pranked when, it, when the phone <laughs> rang. He thought it was one of his buddies from Penn State. Uh, and it was Mike Tomlin, um, or this, you know, the center they got is just got this really nasty streak. And crazily enough, the offensive line coach is saying, we think his leadership is going to be a difference with our line. And I'm thinking, wait, this kid who is a third-round pick out of Illinois, a bottom feeder program, he's the guy that's got to be the leader for your offensive line because no one else in that room will do it. Wow. It's going to be an interesting year to watch all that play out. And I'm going to talk about the Pirates draft because I'm going to sort of draft frame of mind a little bit later. And I think it's super important for the Pirates this year. As important as a Major League Baseball draft could be in the long term more so. But uh, I'll ask you this. Do you want to start with the good or the bad of the past week? Are you one of those people that likes the bad news first, or how do you want to handle this? Yeah, let's, let's do the bad news first so that way we, we leave on an uplifting note. Okay, well, let's do the bad news first, and it's going to be like Groundhog's Day. And we'll talk about Mitch Keller's lack of confidence on the mound this past week. I, <laughs> I don't know how you change the mental approach to the game for a player. But to me, that's what this is all about with Mitch Keller. The two good games he's had this year, the two good starts he's had, have been when he has gotten a huge amount of run support against the Cubs. He got like a seven-run second inning. And the other time he had a good start was when he took the mound with a two-run lead already. Mentally, I think that's where he gets to the point where it's, okay, this is how I need to pitch. Do you agree that it's pretty much all mental at this point with Mitch Keller? And if you do, how in the world do you go about fixing something like that? I don't know. Uh, that you tell him it's a lead when he walks out there, <laughs> even if it's not. Don't uh, let him watch, you the, tell him that it's don't a, watch the game. Yeah, tell him it's an even number start because he's a lot better on the even number start than he is the odds. Uh, seriously, whatever. I, I don't know if it's if it's Derek Shelton or Oscar Marine that are the big coaches right now as much as it's you know a psychology coach for him. And I, I think one of the big things is they can't give up on him. And I'm not. And what I mean by that is it's not that dissimilar to Tyler Glass now. It really isn't a guy that was a star had unbelievable stuff, and just mowed through his way. Now, Glasgow now is a little uh, little bit more, uh, and it was a little bit more obvious because his strikeout numbers were ridiculous. But they're facing adversity for the first time and not handling it well. 
And another way you could tell that it's really at him mentally. And listen, I'm not one of these media guys where guys always have to talk to the media, but they held him out. Like he's so fragile right now, they wouldn't even let him talk with reporters after the game. So uh, that tells you another thing right there of where his state is. And I think the only thing that will fix it is him going out and having a couple of good starts in a row and believing. And the guy he should be talking to is Brubaker because when Brubaker came up, and I know we've discussed this, he didn't trust his stuff and was being too fine. Mitch, if you give up a couple of home runs in today's game, that's okay. Just make them solo home runs. And he probably went through periods of months where he didn't give up home runs uh, at times where he's pitched. So it's tough. Uh, he's having obviously having a hard time dealing with it. But whatever psychologist they could bring in, um, they need to do that because he's still got a great arm. He's got uh, great form, and he's still one of the keys for them. And, you know, I tweeted this the other day. I said one way to get – Pirate fans to stop talking about trading him is telling him Tampa Bay is interested. <laughs> oh, what a nightmare that would be. But I, I got another point I want to make about Keller here with you. But first, you mentioned Brubaker and what he could look at, Keller, and what he, Brubaker has done. And, and I think it's fascinating to just look at what Brubaker did last night. It wasn't the best Brubaker we've seen, but he was also a victim of some poor plays in the field, the wind blowing out, and just some soft-hit balls. But he still throws five pretty good innings. He still struck out seven. And I looked at Brubaker's start, and I thought, ah, that was just an okay start. Which, man, before the year, if you told people that all JT Brubaker had were yeah. okay starts, they'd be like, oh, okay, that's probably not bad. But we've already reached the point with J.T. Brubaker, it's like, ah, that, that was just an okay start. I, I expected a little bit more out of him, which is a great sign. I, I still feel very encouraged by what we saw from Brubaker last night. Yeah, I do too. I mean, he was victim of some circumstance, um, as you, you've discussed. I mean, there a couple of blue pits. I mean, he's going to give up hits, and he's going to give up contact, even though he did have seven strikeouts. And, you know, some of those hits found grass and – you know, we both love some the of them Kai, found Kai Tom, Tom unfortunately. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, Bla- unfortunately, Blaze came up all lemons uh, in last <laughs> night's game, with the exception of his ability to walk. Uh, so, you know, that's what happens. So when you when behind you, you know, you're auditioning guys at the major league level. I mean, that's some stuff like this is going to happen. But what I loved about Brubaker is none of that stuff seemed to affect him. Like he just got on the mound and started throwing strikes again. And that's where where Keller can learn because you wonder what would have happened if that if Keller's on the mound and he's pitching pretty well, gives up a soft fly ball that the left fielder screws up, does that become a seven-run inning? And th- I think that's the difference between the two. I mean, I, I think there's another way to put it. Right now, J.T. Brubaker's a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Mitch Keller most times is a thrower. Talking with Jeff Hathorne here on Bucko Talk, and to sort of wrap up the Brubaker-Keller stuff here, I, I think what you mentioned, too, is Brubaker dealt with that adversity and continued to pitch through it, and you could see the emotion on him at times last night, and he's not emotionless out there I- at all, but you could see that he was a little bit bothered by it, but it didn't impact the way he was pitching, and, and you mentioned the Tyler Glasnow-Mitch Keller uh, comparison earlier. I remember that... 
Glass now, we see him talk to himself on the mound now with the Rays as like a confident guy. He sort of did that with the Pirates as well and showed that emotion. That's the weird part about it for me with Keller. There is no emotion, good or bad. And maybe if a guy's pitching really well, you like to see that because you say, okay, he, nothing phases him. He's emotionless out there. It's great. But I, at this point, would just like to see some sign of life from Mitch Keller. I know he cares about this, but I, right. I, I'd like to see that because now it just comes across as almost a lack of confidence, and I think that is what it is. But I'd love to see some emotion at him. Get mad that it's not working out or get pumped up when you strike somebody out. Just something one way or the other from Keller. Yeah, and I, I think for me, and um, I, I agree with that, I just want guys to be themselves. Like, if Keller is truly non-emotional, and I don't know, we, we haven't seen him that long. If that's truly where he is best, then great. Then, then stay that way. Don't try to be somebody else. Same with, like, Garrett Cole. You know, Cole would got fired up, obviously. That's him. Stay true to your emotions. Don't try to be somebody else. It doesn't mean you can't refine things. Um, but that's the biggest thing. Mitch has to find himself. And maybe at some point, and I was looking this morning, and I, I, I apologize, I don't know for sure if he has an option left. But maybe after the AAA season, if we're another month into this season where Keller's just not finding it, yeah, maybe you do send, send him down to AAA so he doesn't you know, get destroyed and maybe can find some confidence. Uh, but other than that, I'm rolling him out every fifth day. Uh, again, this year for many people is about finding out who they are. Uh, Keller, uh, one of the top three probably, in that situation for the Pirates. Speaking of trying to find out who guys are this year, we still have yet to see Key Brian Hayes on the field with this wrist, hand injury, whatever in the world's going on. What's the latest that you've heard on that front from the Pirates? Just that they're being overly cautious. I mean, he's okay. starting to play catch again. Um, they, they know the significance of Cabrian Hayes. And the worst thing they could do is have him come back early and have this be – turn into some kind of chronic problem. Um, you know, I went on, went on the Internet, and, of course, the Internet is never wrong Correct. to research wrist injuries when he got hurt. And it said the span normally is anywhere from two to ten weeks. Everybody was wow. optimistic. Yeah. This guy's in great shape. He's young. You know, this is going to be a short thing. But, and I looked at several different things, and not just the – you know, the, the crazy ones that have crazy web addresses, but actual, <laughs> like, like places that do stuff like this, like AGH. And they said, depending on the injury, and it's, it's unique to everybody, it could be two and a half months before somebody returns to where they're normally at. I would rather wait two and a half months than, than run him back out there because you need to and he's your face and everybody wants to see him and have some kind of chronic injury that's going to stay with him the rest of his career. Um, that's the thing. I, again, we, we got excited early thinking it's going to be quick, uh, but sometimes these injuries take a long time uh, to heal, and there's really nothing they could do but rest. I totally agree with that. Just make sure he's 100% before he comes back. Don't make him play through lingering issues. And Jeff, the last thing I have for you, we saw the Pirates start to assign some guys to the minor league rosters. Was it double A and low A? I don't know if you had a chance to really look that over, but I tried to sort of 
go through their top 15 prospects or so and see where guys are going to head because you can figure out when it's just, what, the AAA and high single-A rosters where guys are going to go. You can figure out who's going to be AAA and who's going to be high A. And it looks to me like high A and low A is going to be just littered with players in these top 15 for the Pirates. And I actually think that's an okay sign. I know a lot of people want this fix to be quick. That's not going to happen. But I'm encouraged by how many of these players are going to be together at the low A and high A level and hopefully sort of come up together and be that next wave for the Pirates. Yeah, I'm wondering if if you were to put the high A game on the Jumbotron at PNC Park, (laughs) what would people be watching more of? What's going on in front of them? or up on the screen at what the future could be, because I'm going to be watching that every day. I mean, yep. I, I'm, I'm curious about these guys and how they progress, and, I mean, that's, that's the group. Uh, there's a couple scattered in AA and maybe one or two in AAA, but, man, uh, that A-ball group, both of those teams, that, I mean, that's what Ben Charrington is putting his job on. Is it the players at that level that he's acquired, and the more that he'll get in the draft and other places, that's going to be the group that's going to turn the Pirates into winners again. And while obviously people want to watch the Major League product, and I get it, and, and, and we all will, man, pay attention to what's going on down there. Don't overreact either way, um, but know that that's where the future is. And, man, I can't wait. I can't wait for the minor league season. This is kind of sucked because I've been waiting for you yep. know, some of these results from these guys, and uh, normally we have a couple of these seasons underway, but I guess within the next few days we'll start seeing some games. More draft coverage for you today at the website and everything today? What are we going to see? Yes, yeah. um, three more rounds and hopefully a lot more pit players. My, I'll, I'll give you a quick – my prediction is the Steelers will end up getting one of the pit defensive backs today. So oh, that will be interesting. That would be fun. Which, which one, if you had to pick, would you want? I think Hamlin's the most versatile. Mm-hmm. I think Ford, like if Ford's around in the seventh round, he, he is potential bust or boom. And I would roll the dice because, man, the guy can hit. I know he's not as fast as you might like. Uh, but for a seventh-round pick, yeah, I, I would take a shot at Paris Ford. All right, Jeff, thanks. We'll be following all your coverage there later today. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Craigers. All right, that's Jeff Hathorne. We wrapped up there talking about the Pirates assigning players to the AA and low A rosters. I will go over with you those top 15 prospects. I've charted it out where everybody's probably going to end up. And we're going to talk about the future for the Pirates coming up next here on Bucko Talk.